We're so glad that you're listening to the Embrace Church podcast. If you live here in South Dakota and you haven't done so before, we'd love to have you join us in person at one of our locations. I hope today's message brings you closer to Jesus. Let's jump in. Well, hey, Embrace, we are so excited that you are with us. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. To everyone at all of our campuses, all of our network churches, to each and every one of you with us online, we are overjoyed that you've decided to come and worship with us here today. Uh, Today, I want to start before we get into things with two quick uh, mentions. Uh, The first is a fun update. Uh, You might know that we are currently building a brand new home for RT campus. Well, we now officially have walls going up over in the big city of T, which is exciting. Friends, as your pastor, each week I pray that the walls would come down in your relationships with others and God, but we want these walls to go up, okay? That was the worst dad joke ever, okay? Uh, but seriously though, we're so excited about seeing the, these walls going up. This new home is gonna be beautiful. It's truly gonna be a beautiful facility. More than that, we just know it's gonna be super welcoming and inviting to our our families and those families who are yet to come. And really quick, to all of you who gave or have given or are giving to help make this new home possible, I just want to quickly say thank you uh, to all of you. Uh, Right now, the T campus is continuing to grow. Last week at one of the services, we were setting up chairs over in T every place that we possibly could, just so that everyone had a seat to sit in. And I I cannot wait to see all the new faces that are going to come just because of this new home and actually having a place to park and sit over in T. So that's an exciting update. The second thing to let you know about is coming up in 11 days on the 28th. It's a Thursday night. We have an event called the Heart of Dating. We have Kate and JJ Tomlin who will be with us. They are nationally known for speaking into dating and relationships. They have a huge podcast called The Heart and uh, Heart of Dating. Uh, and so friends, if you are single and you're in college or you're single dating or engaged and you're in your 20s or in your 30s, this event is specifically for you. One of the things that always has bothered me, and, and we've maybe even done it here at Embrace, is oftentimes singles are over looked. They are often treated like second-class citizens, and that's always driven me crazy. I'm like, that should be the complete opposite. Well, friends, uh, this event is specifically for you. And so I want to invite you to, again, tell your friends, tell your maybe your roommate. If you have sons or daughters in this place, tell them to come as well. You can go and get a ticket. Uh, they are $10 at IamEmbrace.com slash Heart of Dating. It's going to be a night of worship. JJ and Kate will have a talk, and then there's going to be an honest Q&A at the end as well. Overall, though, I'm just praying it's a powerful, wonderful night. And so I want to let you know about those two things, okay? Well, we are now officially into fall, and uh, this is my favorite time of the year. I love the weather. Football is back. Don't be concerned. Last week was the last preseason game for the Bengals, and so they're going to figure it out now that the regular season starts today. Uh, But football's back. Uh, School has also started, And speaking of school, every year, one of my favorite things is getting a school picture on the first day of school for my children. And that's actually not a joke. Unlike 99% of men, I actually like getting these sappy pictures. And so I, I just like getting them and being able to look back at my kids and how much they've grown and changed. And so this year, uh, here is the family photo that I took. Now, 
don't look at Anderson, just look at the rest of the picture, okay? I don't want to brag, uh, but my, I have great kids, okay? They're amazing children. Uh, they're growing up to be amazing human beings. They're kind, they're smart, they're creative, they're fun. I, I love my kids. And this loving picture here really sums up my family well. I mean, we're just a loving, great family. It sums us up really, really well. Wrong, okay? Wrong, false. Can't be any further from the truth, okay? Let me give you some backstory on this perfect family photo here. 24 hours before this picture was taken, I began to prepare my children that we were gonna take this picture. And I was like, hey, tomorrow, first day of school, we're gonna take this picture. And then I turned to threatening very quick. And if we don't get one good family photo on the first day of school, I'm taking everything away. And what do I mean by everything? Help, let me get you specifics, okay? Games, sports, fun, Jesus. I'm taking it all away. I'm a pastor. I can do that, okay? I'm taking it all away. So I talked to my oldest three and then knowing my, my youngest is the hardest. He's like a terrorist that has no compromise in him whatsoever, okay? So I go to Anderson and I'm like, Anderson, tomorrow. Dad, this is not a joke, by the way. Dad will get you two suckers if tomorrow, if you just take one good picture. Also, you will get a bigger inheritance than your siblings. If you get, if you get, if you do, we're just going for one, buddy, just, just one. And so the morning of, I gather everybody together. My oldest three immediately began to protest. It's like they're hearing about this photo for the very first time. I'm like, are you kidding? So they, they start to protest. Dad, this is so stupid. Dad, we need to get to school. Why are we taking this photo? They begin to protest. My youngest son, Anderson, he starts crying about what? I have no idea. We get outside. He literally just starts running around the house crying. I'm like, what is going on here? So I'm out front of my house threatening my children once again, while all the while we have a family across the street. One of our neighbors is taking the perfect family photo out in front of their house. Friends, I love my neighbors, but I think they suck, okay? I'm just gonna be honest. I'm like, away from me, Satan, okay? Anyways, again, this photo, away from Anderson, it looks perfect, it looks great. Friends, it's all just smoke and mirrors, okay? It's all just smoke and mirrors, which brings us to our current series that we're in. Last week, we, we shared that smoke and mirrors is an illusion that magicians use to make something appear in a room that's just not real. And so this phrase today, just to make sure we're all on the same page, I wanna give us a definition. Smoke and mirrors is something that appears to be impressive and true, but is an illusion. Again, smoke and mirrors, just to make sure we're all on the same page. It's something that appears to be impressive and true, but is an illusion. And so this phrase, it started with magic, right? But unfortunately, the truth is, you can also see it in every part of our lives as well. You can see it in every part of your life and in every part of my life. Like so often you and I, we try to give the illusion that everything is great. The illusion that everything is perfect and, and dandy when the truth is it's not. So often when we look at every part of our lives, often it's all just smoke and mirrors. And so last week we talked about our friendships Today, though, we're going to continue on, and we're going to talk about the smoke and mirrors when it comes to our family, our family. 
I mean, whether it's our immediate family with our spouse and kids or our, our extended family with our, with our parents and our siblings and our grandparents, today we are gonna talk about our family. And as we do so, I just wanna acknowledge, I know that we're gonna be walking onto some holy ground here today. And so I've already shared that for me, I took this perfect family photo and everything looks great in the Weber household, but it was all smoke and mirrors. Reality is my kids are possessed and I might be one of the worst dads ever. And so that's me, but what does this look like for you? What does the smoke and mirrors look like in your family? Maybe for you each year on your dad's birthday, each day, each year you call up your dad and you wish him a happy birthday and you, you thank him for being the great dad he is, but it's all just smoke and mirrors. Reality is you got a lot of bitterness towards your dad. Reality is you don't wanna become anything like him. Reality is it's, it's, it's just brutal to even make that phone call. You struggle to even be around the man. Or maybe for you on your anniversary, you post the nicest things about your spouse and how you love them and they're, they're your soulmate and just gets better and better and it still feels like you're on the honeymoon, blah, 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 blah. It's all smoke and mirrors. Maybe the reality is, is your marriage is barely hanging on. Reality is one of you is totally checked out and the other one knows it and is terrified about it. And sex, what is sex? I can't remember the last time we even had sex. What's reality? You have so many bitter, ugly feelings towards each other. Or maybe for you, whenever someone brings up your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad, you just cringe. You try so hard to stay positive. You try so hard to only say good things, but it's all smoke and mirrors. Reality is you're embarrassed by your dad. You're embarrassed by your sister. And specifically with people you respect, you just only hope and even pray that they don't make the connection that they're related to you. Once again, what does it look like in your family? So there's this gap right? There's this gap between what we betray and what's real. There's this gap between what we show others and what's reality, but specifically when it comes to our family, why do we have this gap? Why is it there? I think there's a bunch of different reasons that we could walk through, but I think one of the main reasons is comparison. We're constantly comparing our family to everyone else's. Like we're constantly comparing our spouse and our marriage to everyone else's. And we're, we're comparing our kids to everyone else's. And we're comparing what our, what our parents do and what our parents don't do. We're comparing our family with everyone else's. For some of us, we have this perfect picture in our heads of this, this house with this white picket fence with, with 2.5 children. And we're, we're constantly comparing our family to this. Or we have this picture of what our family get-togethers are gonna look like. The 4th of July to Thanksgiving, our family's coming all over to our place this year and it's gonna be great. Everybody's gonna have so much fun. Everybody's gonna be thankful. Everybody's gonna get along. Everybody, there's gonna be no drama this year, just like everyone, just like everyone else. Constantly comparing ourselves. Why do we have this gap? Another reason, because it's a whole lot easier just to ignore the issues than it is to address them. It's a lot easier and we've done a really good job of, of just kind of sweeping the crap under the rug, which was worked great. That, 
That is until it begins to stink. Or maybe we've tried to address some things in our family. We've tried to address the brokenness and it's just backfired on us. We've tried. Why do we have this gap? Because we want to look good. Who wants to be connected to a disaster, specifically a disastrous family? Why, why do we have this gap? Because we want to hide our brokenness. Why do we have this gap? Because our parents hid their crap and their parents hid theirs and their parents probably hid theirs. It's just what our family does. We're really good at looking perfect and not acknowledging the skeletons inside of us. Friends, just to say it, this isn't good. This isn't good. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to disown them or not, there are a few things that will impact us more than our relationship and our connection to our family. And so then in this area, how do we get rid of the smoke and mirrors? In this area, how do we begin to get rid of the illusions in our lives, specifically when it comes to our family? Well, today, I want to keep this really, really practical. The first step when it comes to getting rid of the smoke and mirrors, we, we first need to understand that nobody has a normal family. Again, this is so important when it comes to getting rid of the smoke and mirrors. When we, when we start to get rid of the illusion, we first need to understand nobody, nobody has a normal family, nobody. Recently, a friend of mine was telling me about a conversation that he had with his older sister they have, they have a parent that's making a lot of bad decisions, a parent that's just really, really broken. And so my friend was talking with his sister on the phone and, and she finally just kind of hit a breaking point. And she said, I just want our family to be normal like everyone else. I'm so tired of all this brokenness with dad. I just want our family to be normal like everyone else's family. My friend was, was said back and he was so wise and he said it caringly to her. He said, what are you talking about? Nobody has a normal family. Nobody. For some unknown reason as humans, we constantly assume that everyone else's family and everyone else's marriage and everyone else's siblings are normal, but they're not. Far from it. It's an illusion. Listen to this. Even Jesus's family had issues. At one point in the book of John, Jesus is traveling and he's teaching crowds of people. And then we're told this. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival. And Jesus' brother said to him, they said to Jesus, Jesus, leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. And then this last part is really important for even his brothers didn't believe in him. Just so this is clear, Jesus' own brothers, what are they doing here? They're egging him on. They're taunting him. Hey, Jesus, why don't you go into the city so that everyone can see your miracles? Yeah, yeah, why don't you go into the city so that you can be, go viral, so that you can be famous, so that all your followers can see you? This is Jesus' own brothers. They're like, Jesus, the savior of the world? Trust me, he's not. He's got a Messiah complex, but like, he is not. It's not true. This is Jesus and his brothers. 
But just look at the other families in the Bible, right? Like, Pastor Shirley, there's a lot of good Christian families that we're going to see, wholesome families we're going to see in the Bible, right? Well, let's start at the beginning. Adam and Eve, train wreck, right? Cain and Abel, train wreck. Abraham and his concubine, Hagar, train wreck. Jacob and Esau, train wreck several times over. Jacob, Joseph and his brothers, train wreck. King David and his mistress and his son that tries to kill him, train wreck. Literally, if you're looking for a normal family in the Bible, you will not find it. And also, if you take a look around at the people in your life, at work and on your block where you live and in your friend group, if you take a look at your, your friends and their family, you won't find a normal family there either. Why? Because they don't exist. And friends, I, I say this for the one person that might need to hear this. If, if you're here and you actually think that your family is normal, if, you, if you're here and you actually think you've got it figured out and maybe you should even like teach like a parenting seminar, marriage seminar, like how to deal with the in-laws sem seminar, uh, my, my, my response, just wait a little longer, okay? <laughs> There's this one saying I came up with, I really like to say it, uh, pride comes before the fall. I didn't say that, by the way. It didn't start with me. Just wait just a little longer before you start like writing your own endorsements. Now, to be clear, this is not a good thing. This isn't what we hope or how it should be. This is terrible. I absolutely hate brokenness and sin, specifically brokenness and sin in families. And you've seen it as well in your family. You've seen it in other families. It just breaks your heart. All I'm saying is nobody has a normal family. And listen to this. When you actually start to realize this, it can be one of the most freeing things. When you actually begin to realize nobody has a normal family, you can stop trying to control your family. You can stop trying to manipulate your family. I know you're doing manipulation for Jesus, right? When you can actually just say, this is actually who my family is. Imperfections and all. This is where they're at right now something powerful happens and we can stop using the smoke and mirrors when it comes to our, our family. Okay, so it's one thing to admit that your family isn't normal, but where do we go from here? Well, here, here's the second thing when it comes to our, our family. This is so important. When it comes to getting rid of the smoke and mirrors, we need to use grace and truth. Again, when it comes to our family and, and getting rid of the illusions, getting rid of the smoke and mirrors, we need to use grace and truth. One of the very first things that we're, we're told about Jesus is, is this. The word became flesh, Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace in truth, again, don't miss this. The word became flesh. Jesus was, was filled. He was overflowing with what? Grace and truth. To be clear, he wasn't one or the other. He wasn't even 50% grace, 50% true. No, he was both. He was filled. He was overflowing with, with grace and truth. When it comes to our family and loving them well, when it comes to getting rid of the illusions, we need both. Grace 
and truth. And just to make this clear, when I say grace, I'm talking about a willingness to forgive our family. When I say grace, I'm talking about being kind and gentle with our family. Mom, even still now, I still love you. I still love you, mom. And I'm willing to assume the best and I'm willing to give you a second chance. This is grace. And when I say truth, I'm talking about being honest and just saying, hey, older sister, that hurt me. Hey, dad, just want to let you know, when you say that, this is what the family hears. Hey, dad, when you walk into a room, I love you so much, dad. When you walk into a room, I just want you to know, even your grandkids, they feel like they need to walk around on eggshells. This is truth. Truth is setting boundaries. Truth is saying, I forgive you. But some things need to change. Truth is saying, I want to help hold you accountable. This is truth. And Jesus is both grace and truth, not 50-50. Full of grace. Full of truth. When it comes to our family, we need both. You see, if we're only grace, our family will walk all over us. If we're only grace, when we're hurt, we'll put on a, a happy face and we'll say it's no big deal, even when it's a huge deal. When, when, we're, when we're only grace, we'll never say, hey, hey, mom, hey, 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 hey spouse, hey, this is hurtful. Hey, something has to change. Hey, I need some boundaries in my life. And just to say it, only grace might look like love. It's not. Only grace, it might look like Jesus. It doesn't. Jesus is both full of grace and full of truth. When we're only grace, it might look pretty on the outside. And gosh, you're such a deep Christian because you're only grace. All the while, bitterness and anger and resentment are just festering. And then if we're, we're only truth, we hold our family to a perfect standard. That's impossible to reach. The standard for ourselves is over here. The standard for everybody else, it's like right over here. When we're only truth, we'll, we'll hold on to grudges for years. Does anyone have a grudge towards a family member? Whew. Can I know I'm walking on holy ground? Anybody got a grudge? When we're only truth, the moment that someone screws up, the moment that someone says something that they, that they shouldn't, we're offended, we're angry, and I'm cutting you off, and how, how dare you? What about all the things I've done? I don't care. You're done. You're canceled for me. I don't ever want to talk to you again. Friends, we need both. We need, we need grace, and we need truth. As I say this, I know this isn't easy. And at least in my own observation, it seems like each of us naturally teens, tends to lean one way or the other. We either tend to lean towards truth or we tend to lean towards grace. Just to confess it, I, I tend to lean towards grace. But for all of us, just a, a personal challenge when it comes to your family and getting rid of the smoke and mirrors, for those of us who tend to naturally lean towards, towards truth, you need to have more grace in your life. If you just know you're a truth person, you need to have more grace. You need to be more forgiving. 
You need to assume the best. You need to ask God. You need to plead God to help you extend forgiveness. To help let go of the grudges. And for those of you who are like me and you lean towards grace, you need to have more truth. Maybe you need to have a hard conversation. Dad, this hurt me. Hey, honey, I love you, but something's got to change. This isn't working. I'm not out of our marriage, but I want to make some changes to it. Maybe it's adding some boundaries. Hey, hey, mom, like, I know this isn't fun or easy for you, but I just need that. We need some, some boundaries. One more time, we need to use grace and truth. We need, we need, we need both. Today, here's the, the third and final thing that I, I want us to hear when it comes to our family. This is so important. When it comes to getting rid of the smoke and mirrors, you need to get healthy even if your family isn't. Again, when it comes to getting rid of the illusions in our lives, when it comes to getting rid of the, the smoke and the mirrors, you need to get healthy even if your family isn't. Now, there's a high chance that you've heard these words from Jesus before, some of his most well-known words. Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your grandfather, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? I just want to confess, one of the things that always annoys me about Jesus, and I hope it's okay to say that, one of the things that always annoys me about Jesus, he always wants to talk about me. How dare you? Like Jesus, he never wants to talk about my dad. He always wants to talk about me. And he never, ever wants to talk about my spouse. It's the craziest thing, because I want to talk about my spouse to him all the time. And, but he always wants to talk about me. He never wants to talk about to my, my brother who's a deadbeat and needs to get his life together, but he always wants to talk about me. He never wants to talk about my kids because I'm the best parent that's ever existed. So I don't know why they're misbehaving. He always wants to talk about me. Friends, here's the fact. We can't control others. And specifically, we can't control our family. Can I get an amen in the house of God from people who have tried since day one, right? No matter how hard we try, we can't force our family to go see a therapist. No matter how hard we press, we can't, we can't, we can't press our, our, our family member to deal with their crap. No matter how hard we try, we can't force them to deal with their hypocrisy, with their passive aggressiveness. We, we can't, no matter how hard we try, we, we can't force them to connect with Jesus and become more like them, more, more like him. We can't control our family. We can't get them healthy. We can't. But do you want to know who you can force? You. Do you want to know who you can, like, mandatory force? Like, like you don't want to be a dictator, but you can be a dictator with this person to go see a therapist? You. Do you want to know who you can press? I'm talking full court press, relentless press, you know? Do you want to know who you can press to deal with their garbage, their crap, their hypocrisy, their two-faced, this, flaky, and all that? You. Do you want to know who you can encourage to, to spend more time with Jesus, to become more like, more like Jesus, to give more and more of who you are to Jesus, you? Do you want to know who you can each day just help take one more step towards healthiness? 
Just one more step. It's so hard to get healthy. Just one more step. You get healthy even if your family isn't. Just to acknowledge it, this is hard, right? Better word, this is brutal. If your family is bitter, it can be so hard to change it. If your family is defensive, like your mom, she's easily offended and, and your sisters and your, we're, we're all the victims 24 seven. It can be so hard to assume the best. I mean, it's who we are. This is what we do. We're the victim. It's our whole lives. If drinking is a part of our family, it's just what, what, what we do anytime we watch a game, anytime we have friends over, family over, anytime we're, we're hanging out. It could be Sunday at 10 a.m. It's, it's, what, it's what we do. We have drinks. It can be so hard to change that. You think you're better than us? You think you're better? Hey, wise guy, you still got the same name. You still got the same last name. And so it's only a matter of time before you come back. Yeah, and I, dad said you're going to church now. Kidding me? Tell the pastor to talk with me about your past and I'll start. Who are you? So hard. Over the years, I've met with several couples who have just told me, hey, Adam, every marriage in our entire family has ended in divorce except ours. Every family. Every time I hear that, I'm just like broken. And then I say back, how cool is it that you guys are changing this? How cool is it the two of you, you're, you're changing your family tree. How cool from the, from the both of you, your, your kids are gonna know a different life and your grandkids are gonna know a different life and these great grandkids that will be here before you know it, great grandkids that you've never even met, you're gonna change their whole lives because of these, this, this decision to stay. And then I say, it's not easy though. It can be brutal to do so. Just to be candid, your family might never change, but you can. And how cool is it, would it be, would it be if by getting healthy, you getting healthy, it began to, to change your family? I found that whenever one person decides to get healthy, sometimes, not all the time, far from all the time, sometimes it encourages others to do the same. Get healthy, even if your family isn't. Some of you just need to hear that. You need to set that excuse aside. My family's not healthy, so I'm not, no, get healthy. Even if your family isn't. Now, friends, I'm gonna say this for us. Anytime family is involved, it's just harder, right? Because unlike most friends that come and go and different than friends that you get to pick and choose away from your spouse, your family is just there. It's family. No matter what you do, they're, they're just there. Even if it's super messy, even if you haven't spoke to them for years, there's just this deep connection because they're family. And because they're family, it's just so much harder, isn't it? Because it's family, you just worry in a, in a way that you can't even explain because they're, they're family. 
And so today, more than anything else that we've mentioned today, when it comes to our family, what's the most powerful thing we can do for our family? We can pray for them. What's the most powerful thing we can do? We can't force them. We can't make them. We can't press them, but we can pray for them. Faithfully praying for our family. It's the most powerful thing. Yes. Somehow, some way, it's the first thing we neglect. We can pray for our family. And so today, I just want to ask one simple question. It's this. What is one big prayer for your family? Your family, not somebody else's. What is one big prayer for your family? My guess, as I've been sharing this, there's been a something or someone or some situation in your family that you've just been feeling coming to the surface this morning. The first thing I prayed was, Holy Spirit, would you help us just to, would you just, would that thing, just that person, would they just come to the surface even right now? Holy Spirit, would you help us just to really come to terms with what that is, that one thing? What's that one big prayer for your family? So we're gonna close and I just wanna encourage you to, to bring that thing, that person, that situation to God and then ask him to move. Ask him to take over. You can't, but he can. But pastor, this is dead. Thankfully, we got a God who specializes in bringing dead things back to life so you're in the right place. And what's that one big prayer for your family? Just acknowledge it to him. Maybe it's your relationship with your mom or your dad. You haven't talked to them in months, possibly years. Maybe there's that riff with that one sibling and that one thing became a big thing. Maybe it's this, this situation with your sibling, with your spouse, with your kid. What is that, what is that one big prayer for your family. Let's pray. Again, I just want to give us some, some time just right now just to bring those, those things to God, that, that family member, that situation. Just right now, bring it to God. Jesus, it's this. You can say that. Lord, I give this, this family member to you. I, I give this spirit of bitterness over to you spirit of addiction that's over our family, of anger that's in our family. Dad was angry. I'm angry. Everybody's angry. Our broken marriages has just become a part of our family. Bring it to him and then ask God to move. Ask for his grace, ask for his truth, his wisdom, his insight, his gentleness, his patience, his mercy that has no end, his faithfulness that goes from one generation to the next. Jesus, today we bring this, this one person, this one situation, we bring our family to you. Again, we can't, but you can. We can't make it happen, but you can. We can't raise the dead, but you can. You do ask us to move though. And so God, maybe there's something we need to do. Our spouse has been asking us to go to see if they're, we're finally gonna say yes. A hard conversation, we're gonna say yes. Beginning to offer forgiveness, we're gonna say yes.
Lord, we, we, we bring these things to you and we ask that you would move. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us, Lord. Would you help us? Would you guide us? Would you lead us? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to have you join us in person at one of our locations. You can find out more at IamEmbrace.com.